lose 100 games, they're going to bring back their manager for a fourth season. I'm not okay with one. I'm at least a little bit okay with the other, and I'll explain. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. The Pirates have to win half of their remaining 16 games. Their schedule resuming tonight in the Bronx against the Yankees. And they're not going to do that. I don't want to be the one to break the bad news, but they're going to lose 100 again. And if you go back to the pandemic year of 2020, when the schedule was shortened to 60 games, their winning percentage that year, and actually the quality of the team that year, would have also been 100 losses by the time everything was done. So, yeah, great start to the managerial career of Derek Shelton, to put it mildly. Now, if you just landed here from Pluto, and that's what you see, no matter how quickly you gain the context of the situation, it's still lousy. It just is. The part that I've had the biggest problem with in 2022, and the reason that I have not gone to bat for Shelton the way that I did in 2021 is that things have regressed. It's not just that they've regressed from a talent standpoint. It's not just that they've regressed from a a will-to-win standpoint, if that was even possible. They've regressed through the system. They've regressed right in front of our eyes here in Pittsburgh. And collectively, the big league team, and that encompasses everything that goes with the active roster, is worse at hitting and way worse at fielding and fundamentals than the one from last year. I felt like last year's team was in a bizarre kind of way a feather in Shelton's cap strictly from the standpoint that they lost a ton of games, but they still ended up being a top five team defensively in the league, and there were certain individuals that you could look to and say, hey, that guy's getting better, or that guy's getting better, or look at this pleasant surprise. And none of that's been the case this year, other than, and even this one isn't something that's going to scream at you in all caps, the starting pitching. We have seen Mitch Keller grow up. You can assign credit for that wherever it is that you happen to please, For me, the overwhelming bulk of it goes to Mitch himself because I know what he's done and how he's done it. But you can only get so selective when you're having a conversation like this. If you're going to say, hey, this guy got worse, this guy got worse, you have to give him credit for the ones who get better. And really, we're talking about Keller. We're talking about JT Brubaker. uh, The conversation doesn't really go a whole lot longer. So why? Why would I be even... A small percentage okay with Shelton being back in 2023. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. 
The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Here's the problem with evaluating Shelton, and I'm guessing that my problem in this capacity is the same as yours. You have no idea what he could do if he had an even remotely competitive lineup or roster. You just don't. You can't. You haven't seen it. You might have thought you saw it back when they swept the Dodgers and everybody was getting all excited. Jack Sawinski had just come up and he started hitting and we knew that O'Neill Cruz was around the corner and Rowanzi Contreras and it looked like things were happening. And then, of course, they really, really weren't. And this team just crumbled. So we don't know. We don't have a freaking clue when it comes to this. There's a part of me, I'm not going to lie, that really likes the guy. Meaning, setting aside all professional considerations. And likes the guy from the standpoint that he might be somebody who's a good winner, if that makes any sense. When things were going well, and obviously this was not a long stretch of the season, but again, going back to Dodger Stadium, and even before that, they were playing real well in the series in San Diego against a terrific group of Padres. And you saw that, and you saw the way that he carried himself, Shelton did, pretty much the same even keel. But then they get to that game against the Dodgers where he needed David Bednar to go 50 pitches. And he gave Bednar the green light, even though I'm sure it went against every developmental guideline or even developmental instinct that's instilled whenever you're managing a team that's this young or that's far away from competing. And I like that. I like that. I haven't let go of that. The team isn't that. The situation obviously isn't that. But I've been trying through this whole process to find signs of how and why he might be the guy when things get good. I'm not sure that he is, okay? I'm not claiming that he is. I'm certainly not going to predict it. But I do feel like after three years of saying yes repeatedly to every waiver claim lump of fertilizer that's been brought in here, by Charrington, that it's very difficult to delineate between the two. It's difficult to say, in other words, Charrington's the right guy, and Charrington's got all this going on, but get rid of this Shelton guy who just went along with everything that he did. Do you follow me on this? That's the part that I'm not feeling. If one of them is going to go down, it's going to be like the last set of guys. It's going to be all of them. There isn't going to be a partial. There isn't going to be a, well, let's just make the manager pay the price for it. The manager's been in harmony, in lockstep with his GM every single step of the way, including, I'm sure, when there were things happening where he would just go, what? Seriously? Really? This is what you're you're giving me this? But he still went along with it. To me, 
it's not a matter of, oh, that's such a valiant trait. It's that they're inseparable. One goes, they all go. When we come back, J1Q. sure how to answer this, Harry, because if you go back and look at my reaction on both our own website, DK Pittsburgh Sports, and on social media, I'm going to read for you out loud what I shared. Not a great reflection on Kebrian Hayes or the Pirates, but this is what happens when the GM sets sail for a full year without thinking that winning or losing matters at the Pittsburgh level. Everything gets damaged. The Pirates are going to try to pin this, including internally on Hayes, and he'll have his share of the blame. But to emphasize here, this is the crap that happens when people at the very top think that it's okay to lose at the Pittsburgh level. At some point, there has to be a message from someone that losing isn't okay. Who's going to deliver that? Bob Nutting? Please. Travis Williams? Ben Charrington? Even Derek Shelton, who's being told that losing's okay? I would chomp sunflower seeds too, man, all day long. And as you can tell, I'm reading that. Reading that off the screen. That is not letting Hayes off the hook for not partaking in an active play at his base. Nor is it letting Hayes off the hook for his somewhat cavalier response the next day in New York when reporters finally had a chance to ask him about it, that, well, there really wasn't anything to do on that play, and next time I'll just wait until the play is over to have sunflower seeds. None of that is good. I said so in the very first sentence of this. Unfortunately, and boy, do I talk about this way too much, but it seems like it's never enough. There is gray when it comes to subject matter. Not everything is completely black or completely white. Not everything is all about blame this, blame this individual, or blame that, blame that individual. A combination of things contributed to what you saw there, and I believe that. I believe that the owner, the GM, and the field manager having their own cavalier attitude about winning and losing impacts the group. I don't have to guess at that. I'm around them. I'm in the clubhouse. I know what's important to them, and it's not the game that's being played that night. They'll play hard, but they'll play hard in large part because of survival. They're trying to stay in the majors. Most of them won't. Get that part? Okay. Certain select guys like Hayes, like Brian Reynolds, like Mitch Keller, like JT Brubaker, like David Bednar, have to rise above. They do. And Key didn't in that situation. And I called it out. Here it comes again in the very first sentence. Now, I'm also not going to assume 
that you see everything that I write everywhere. So it's possible that you're just asking why I didn't bring this up on yesterday's show. Honestly, didn't even cross my mind. A couple of days had passed. I came up with something else to talk about, and I talked about it. It sure wasn't to shelter key. I'm not going to be sheltering anybody by writing about it in front of, when it comes to social media and our website and everything else, and you add it up, it's six figures of humans who are reading my stuff. It's a very, very big audience. I'm not running from anything. In fact, I went running to my device when it happened to make my feelings known in the moment. So that's that's the idea that I would be protecting or whatever. I like Key. You want to talk about somebody that I like in that room. And believe you me, I'll continue to like him after this. Just a wonderful kid and an elite defender who's as conscientious as it comes in a lot of capacities. In that specific moment, he blew it. He made a mistake. It needed to be called out. I don't know that anyone would have noticed it or seen it had it not been for the SNY cameras on the situation, but it was. And as... Hayes said afterward, and as Shelton said afterward, we move on. Why? Because they know better. They know to trust him. What they're not going to face, and this is the reason that I called this part out too, is their own culpability in that environment. When the GM is going out and getting you Josh Van Meter and telling the manager to roll him out there every other day, they're telling you that winning that game that day slash night isn't important. That's what they're telling you. They might as well have it in great big letters on the scoreboard. So there's a lot more to it than just, aha, evil player. I appreciate the question, though. I do. I appreciate, like you said, accountability. I really do. I certainly talk about it enough, and I'm always here to answer for my own content as well. Let's do this again tomorrow. Tomorrow.